You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, filling in for Nick and Ken here on a Tuesday. We'll uh, fill in for him the rest of the week, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch us on twitch.tv slash BetQL. You can also watch us on YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports over on the BetQL Network com also can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Mark, we were talking about San Francisco, Kansas City last segment, kind of looking at them moving forward to next season and the next couple seasons. I just want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl overall, like what you thought of the game, because there's been a lot of talk that like that was the best game, maybe best, best Super Bowl ever that people have seen. And like, I mean, personally, I don't even think it cracks my, like, top five. I'd have to think about it. Maybe it doesn't even crack my, like, top ten. thought it was a great finish. I thought it was an exciting finish. Like mm-hmm. you said, it went to overtime. You got the ball in Mahomes' hands, you know, with the chance to win the game. Like, it was awesome. But, like, it was 10 nothing for a majority of the first half. Um, so I just think that everybody who's like, this is one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little, like, recency bias and – in hindsight, like, what was it really, like, one of the best Super Bowls you've ever seen? Like, was it even in the top, like, five of the last 10, 15 years? I don't know. What were your thoughts? No, I don't think so. I agree with you, Peach. I mean, listen, before they, before it was the fourth quarter, Usher was the best part of the Super Bowl, right? The halftime show. And, <laughs> and, and you know, and that's that's odd, right, when you, when you think about it and some of the halftime shows that we had. But I thought the first half, like I said, it was it was just marred with like miscues, both teams fumbling in the red zone. Um, I was on the over 47 and a half. So we fell a little bit short there. Um, and I just thought that was really the key to me and how the game played out differently than I had projected. Right. I had thought that Kansas city would score, you know, in their opening drive, that would kind of like get the game going, right. And get the tempo going and kind of both offenses would kind of force each other to to play with urgency. And we didn't see that because they both got into the red zone and fumbled the ball away. And that kind of set the tone to where I think, I don't want to say that both teams played scared, but it was kind of like, I felt like both teams were a little bit up against the ropes in the first half and weren't really playing with the confidence that got them there. Um, and then we seen things open up in the second half, you know, it really got to show time and, and, the second half I thought was very exciting, especially the fourth quarter. The overtime piece was incredible. Um, but it, you know, and even the drama on the fourth on the on the drive, the last drive with Mahomes, like that fourth and one play, you know, where he keeps it and runs for about ten yards. The spots, like the the 
the weird spots from the officials. I thought that was, you know, definitely interesting. So there was a lot of drama. Like, I thought the game was great. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't a snoozer. I was glad it picked up in the second half. But as far as, like, greatest of all time, like, I, I can't get there. You know, it was it was an overtime game, closest of all time, competitive. But the first half was more about, like, teams, you know, not playing clean football than it was about, you know, two of the best teams going head-to-head. Completely agree. I mean, Kansas City scored one offensive touchdown in regulation. You know what I mean? I thought last year's Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles, personally, like I thought that was a more entertaining game. I thought that was a better game. Mm-hmm. My favorite Super Bowl, uh, at least of recent history, is the Eagles-Patriots with Nick Foles. Like, I think that's just the best one. Yeah. There were no lulls in that game, right? For Tom Brady, Mark, to throw for 500 yards, for the Patriots not to punt in that game, and for them to lose, like, still crazy to think about. But that, I think, is the best Super Bowl. That Cardinals-Steelers Super Bowl with uh, Santonio Holmes in the end zone, Mm -hmm. that was a great one. Um, I mean, you've had some good ones, like the Patriots comeback against the Falcons down 28-3. That was a crazy one. It's just like, as sports fans, I think everybody knows when they're watching a game, you kind of look around to your buddies or you look around to your spouses or like you just think about it and you're like, man, this this game is awesome. Like we're watching an instant classic right now. And I just never, like it just never struck me like that. You know, I, again, I thought it was a good game. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was an exciting finish, like overtime and all that. But I, I, it wasn't one where like I was waiting for NFL Network to like replay it the next day so I can go back and watch it. You know, it wasn't one of those games oh, yeah. where like you didn't want to go to bed. You're like still buzzing over it because we all have those games. Um, so I thought I thought it was fine, but yeah, man, certainly that first half, Kansas City struggled big time. It felt like San Francisco really should have been up like 14, 20 points, and that's what happens, Mark. Like. The thing is, when teams play the Chiefs, man, you do have these opportunities to take advantage of them, but teams just don't do it. And if you let them hang around mm-hmm. for too long, like Mahomes is just too good, and and eventually they're just they're going to make you pay every single time. Yeah, you have to put them away when you can, and that was really like when I handicapped the game, and the reason why I probably had a bigger position on the total than I did decide. Um, had some Kansas City plus two, but you know my biggest position was on the over because. I thought that there was a a good chance, even though I thought Kansas City could win the game, that if San Francisco got up early, got up by, you know, scoring their first drive, end up being up by 10 points early, you know, 14 points, that they could really, like, front run and get ahead of them and run away from the Chiefs and, and get to a point to where, like, Mahomes just didn't have the horses to come back. You know what I mean? Uh, but I thought that, if Kansas City was going to win the game, they would have to score, you know, 27 points. They they got slightly under there, you know, with overtime included. Um, so I was just surprised that, you know, the offenses really struggled early. You have, you know, two weeks to get ready for this game. You have two of the most, um, you know, prolific play callers of our error. You know what I mean? And, you know, with, with time to, with extra time to prepare for the defenses. So that was really the biggest surprise is the offenses and how they struggled early, the turnovers, not playing clean football. Um, But I I thought it was great. I thought the chess match was great between, you know, uh, you know, Shanahan and and Spags and, and, you know, Spags is a guy who doesn't get enough credit, six Super Bowls, you know, he's been to, um, you know, I think that was his fourth that he won his defensive coordinator. Um, So, you know, the job that he did was tremendous, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, we saw growth from Kyle Shanahan in certain areas, you know, which is definitely a positive for the 49ers. But, um, you know, I want to say, wasn't the Panthers 
uh, the Jake Dell home Tom Brady Super Bowl. Like, didn't that go to overtime too? And I think that was like another example of like the game being competitive doesn't necessarily make it the best. You know what I mean? Because you kind of knew that Tom was going to pull it out in that one. Uh, you know, it wasn't really a ton of drama. Uh, but yeah, and that's sort of the thing. So it was close. It was competitive, but definitely not going to go down as one of the best. I'm an Eagles fan. I always liked Nick Foles' story. It was a good one. But, uh, you know, so that's going to be my personal best. But so many other ones, the 28-3, to again, you know, the drama with that, just so good. I mean, look, Mark, as as a non-Eagles fan, as an unbiased guy giving a take, I can tell you that Eagles-Patriots one, that was that was the best one. Like, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. To me, those are the best sports-like events where there's no lulls and it's just constant back-and-forth action. Um, like, my favorite sporting event probably ever that I've seen was that UCLA-Gonzaga Final Four game when Suggs hits the shot. Like, it's just, it's mm-hmm. constant back and forth, man. Like, it, there was no, there was none of those graphics where it was like, Gonzaga's gone two minutes and 50 seconds without scoring a point. Like, there there was none of that. Eagles-Pats was the same way. So, that's my favorite game. Yeah, and it was, uh, but certainly, it was a game where the, the, you knew watching it, like, the offenses were so successful. There were so many big plays that it was just going to take one play from the defense, and, and that's how you knew who was going to win the game. And Brandon Graham got the strip you know, sack on Tom Brady. And I knew at that point, I was like, even though there was still a little bit of time on the clock and it was a little bit of a sweat, I knew at that point the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl because they made the big play on defense. And those types of games are just much more exciting where the offenses, you know, are, are having success, moving the ball up and down the field. And you're just waiting for the defense to make the big play to win the game, to be the difference. Um, and, you know, it was a little, this Super Bowl was a little bit different than that. By the way, I got to give you your your flowers. I got to give you a shout out because you were 12 and 1 this postseason, sir. Like that is hard mm-hmm. to do. So, well done. Is there a bet that you like the best throughout the postseason? Like when you were looking at all the games, when you were handicapping and you were filling them out, was there of the 12 winners that you had, was there one that you were like that you put the most amount of money on that you felt the most confident about? Yeah, I mean, if we did it by, like, round, like, I think, you know, that I was really confident with the Chiefs against the Ravens. You know, you can cover yours, PJ, sorry. But not that they would win the game. Like, if it was was a pick I probably would have picked the Ravens. But getting, you know, four and a half in that game, I think it closed at, like, five and a half. I just thought it was way too many points um, in that situation. Houston in the wild card round against Cleveland. Absolutely love that matchup for Houston. I thought Cleveland was getting... Um, just a lot of respect, you know, and you kind of knew with Flacco, like, you know, everybody loved his gunslinger approach, but if he got in a, in a match like that with CJ Stroud, you know, I, I, my money was on Stroud and I think Stroud's a guy that, you know, this time next year, we're going to be talking about as an MVP candidate, you know, got in the conversation this year. I think Houston's in great hands with them. So I loved them in that matchup against Cleveland, despite the market going against me. So there were a couple of spots like that, but they're the two that really jumped out. Yeah, really good handicap on uh, both of those games. You mentioned Cleveland and Joe Flacco, and he is one of the quarterbacks that is going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason. Mitchell Trubisky, we got some news yesterday that he was cut by the Steelers. Adam Schefter, I believe, was... uh, he was doing an interview with somebody yesterday where he was talking about how the Steelers could be interested in Justin Fields. Maybe Kirk cousins is a free agent, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew. So some of these veteran quarterbacks that have been around 
a long time. Like when you look at some of these quarterbacks, Mark, that are on the market or maybe some quarterbacks who could be in some trade conversations, is there a QB that you think would be a really good fit on another team next season? Is there is there a quarterback that you want to see on another team in 2024? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because for for the majority of the quarterbacks that we see in free agency, like they're there for a reason, right? And I know people want to think that like, hey, if this guy goes here, he's going to make a huge difference. Um, But that's typically not the case. Now, Cousins stands out, like if Cousins is available, um, you know, where he lands, I I think it's good. You know, does Minnesota bring him back? There's a lot of teams. We know the teams in the top of the draft are, are likely to go after quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Washington, Chicago. So they'll fill those needs there. Does New England go there or do they go the free agent route? Do they try and get a Kirk Cousins? Do do they try and trade for a Justin Fields? You know, recently Justin Fields linked to the Steelers. Um, They could possibly make a run at him. I think that would be a great fit. I mean, I think that would be tremendous because I don't think it's an offense that where, um, you know, he would have too much on his shoulders. Like I think that they want to kind of build the offense to be a balanced attack. Um, you know, Arthur Smith is in there. So, you know, he's not going to just be throwing the ball a hundred times a game. Right. Uh, so, um, I, I think that would be a good spot for him, you know, but really it's, it's cousins and it's those teams, you know, in, in the middle of the draft that could probably use an upgrade, a quarterback to kind of look out for, um, I'll be interested to see, like, I know that, you know, they gave Geno Smith some money, but Seattle with the new coaching staff in there, like, are, how committed are they to Geno Smith? Do they look to try and do something? So I think there's some teams in the middle there that we should keep an eye on. Agreed. Seattle would be an interesting call. I would look at maybe Denver too, right? There's been some rumblings mm-hmm. that Sean Payton's willing to move up. And obviously he's already come in there in, in year one and made a significant change, deciding to get away from Russell Wilson. So those could be some teams. Maybe the Steelers, you know, I was just talking about it would be very unconventional for them to like trade up and really make a splash move. But that's a team that's kind of just been like stuck in the mud. Like the Steelers, Seahawks, and Broncos to me are always kind of in that, they're in that same category, right? Like maybe they win the division, probably not. Certainly could all be wild card teams, but you know, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Like they're probably not getting the championship Sunday. Uh, now those are teams that if they get a quarterback, then maybe the conversation changes. But, um, yeah, you're right. Like, those teams would be interesting. Certainly Cousins is going to be the one. I think Baker Mayfield's a free agent, but he made it to the divisional round with Tampa. It's funny, Mark. You know, Tampa was one of those teams coming into the year. We thought they were probably going to have a top three, four pick. And they made it all the way to the divisional round, had a chance maybe of going to the NFC Championship. So I think Baker did enough. Certainly where he's probably going to be the starter for Tampa Bay, come back next season, and uh, you know maybe they'll assess their options after that. Gardner Minshew certainly did a great job with Indianapolis having to step in for Anthony Richardson. I think teams like the Colts, teams like the Bengals, some of these teams where their quarterbacks are kind of injury prone, right? Like, I think they're going to have to hang on to their backups and make sure they got a good mm-hmm. security blanket. You know, Burrow has never been healthy to start a season. So even though Browning's not a free agent, I certainly think he could gauge some interest in a trade maybe somewhere else. Gardner Minshew might explore his options. But I think these teams where your quarterbacks, you know, maybe mm-hmm. like Arizona too with Kyler Murray, like making sure you get a good backup, um, I-, I think it's important for 
some of these teams. But Cousins is certainly the interesting one because, Mark, before he got hurt, like he was in the MVP conversation. He was playing that good. Yeah, and if in Minnesota as well, like if Minnesota doesn't stick with Cousins and they go a different direction, what direction do they go? The defense very much improved under Brian Flores. Um, You know, we know Kevin O'Connell's a great offensive mind. If he gets the right guy, um, you know, who knows? They could be a team to watch out for in that division. No doubt. So those are the free agent quarterbacks. We'll discuss the free agent running backs and we come back. You better you bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller filling in for Nick and Ken.